This is my song, by the way. All right, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to Get Mental. Thank you for being with us today. We have a great show coming up. We are going to talk about happiness. We're going to demystify this elusive subject and explore what really makes us happy. I'm going to talk about the latest research as well as share my personal and professional experiences on the pursuit of happiness. For those of you new to the show, Get Mental is where we discuss all things mental health and normalize conversations about mental health. I'm very passionate about this. I believe mental health conversations should be on air everywhere um, because we all have issues. By the way, that is our new... Um, tagline, get mental because we all have issues. I love it. I hope you do too. So again, this is Cecile Ahrens. I'm the owner of Transcend Therapy, which is a private practice in the University Heights Hillcrest area where we provide individual, family, and couples counseling. Check us out at transcendtherapyca.com, transcendtherapyca.com, or listen to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Anchor. Also, just a couple of other things here before we dive into our subject. If you want to suggest future topics or you have any burning questions about anything related to your mental health and emotional health, um, or if you'd like to become a sponsor, email us at transcendtherapy at gmail.com or call or text at 619-823-823. 1382 or message me on Facebook or Instagram and uh, we will get you going. Um, This show is community funded and your donation, I can tell you, will make a difference. Okay. Um, It takes a village. It's all, it's up to all of us to support and protect our community against the mental health crisis that we face today. So please consider supporting us. Thank you. Um, and listen, there is no shame, by the way, in having problems. We all have them. We all struggle. None of us are a finished product, not even Oprah. We all have issues, like I said, and we all need support. So join us in and stand with us in this uh, fight um, against uh, the mental health crisis in our country. Okay, so back to our subject of happiness. Happiness, you know, it's one of those words we all seem to know or understand the meaning of. We all seek it. We all go out of our way to get it. Um, You know, our sense of being American is built upon it, if you think about it, right? It's in our Declaration of Independence. Um, We see it as one of our fundamental rights, at least in the U.S., but I would argue, you know, globally, uh, we see this as as one of our our grandest pursuits. Um, The Declaration of Independence was written 200 I get I think 243 years ago in 1776. Do the math. 243 273 one of those. And it states, I just want to read it cuz it's so beautifully stated. We hold these these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? It was true then, it is still true now, and it will be true for many generations to come, hopefully. We know when we feel happy, and we also know and recognize the absence of it. Interestingly, even though this is a universal uh, desire or pursuit, our ideas of happiness are not always the same. We all, um, the way I think about this is we all may want a car, but the type of car that we choose will vary from person to person. But ultimately, I think we can all agree that at the end of the day, we just want a car that is reliable, safe, and will get us to our destination. So essentially, I guess what I'm saying here is that we are all going for the same things while taking different routes to get there. We all want to be happy. And as I ponder on what I thought would be a fairly straightforward 
subject, I really started to realize that it was so much more complicated. This whole happiness thing is so much more complex than I thought. And I started to reflect on questions like, what is happiness? What does it really mean to be happy? Why is it so important? And why does it seem that everything and everyone else in our life suffer when we're not happy? So we're going deep, everyone. But I don't think I'm going to be able to answer all of those questions in an hour in one show. But let's start with happiness. What is happiness? Um, The basic definition is, you know, a state of contentment, of satisfaction, having a sense of well-being. For some people, happiness is synonymous to bliss. For others, it means to be joyful, to be grateful. Um, Sometimes it means to be free from pain. You see, the more I got into it, like I said, the more complicated it seemed to be. So I decided to take my question to the streets. I asked people in my circle physically and digitally on social media what made them what made them happy. Todd, clip one, please. What makes you happy? My son, wife, surfing, and gummy bears. It makes me happy to help people. Connection and travel. Making people smile. That was really cute, I thought. And really interesting, right, that it's so varied to the point that I was trying to make, you know. It was the same question, but everybody had their own ideas of what that looks like for them. Um, I'll share more later because there's a few more clips. But first, let's look at some of the research findings on happiness. And some of the information I examined uh, talked about various factors that impact or influence our level of happiness, such as money. They looked at money income, social conditions, our physical health, resilience, our mental health, religious beliefs or spirituality, and even our politics. And here are some of the findings. It might be of no surprise to you guys that one of the top findings is there is not a one-size-fits-all solution, just like I mentioned. We don't all want or like the same things, but we all want happiness, whatever that looks like to us. And, you know, the reason this is, is because we're all unique and nuanced human beings. Happiness is not just up to the individual. Social conditions are strong determinants to our level of happiness. What do we mean by social conditions? Like uh, things that are happening outside of you. Poverty is uh, uh, one thing. Um, You know, it's hard to feel happy and hopeful when you're poor. For example, if you live in a high crime neighborhood, that's going to impact your quality of life. Um, it's hard to feel happy if you are in survival mode or you don't have a solid sense of safety and security. For example, if things at home, there are things that are happening at home that you're not getting support for. Uh, Structural barriers, you know, these are kind of the macro issues like racism, sexism, economic inequality. All of those things can impact your happiness. Um, And I'm going to talk a little bit about more uh, how you can... um, combat that on an individual level a little later in the show because I do believe that you can and there are things that you can do. Um, An interesting study from Purdue University a few years ago found that there seems to be a satiation point um, in terms of income or money. That means there's a point where earning beyond this certain amount does not necessarily bring more happiness. And that amount at the time of this study, which I forgot uh, exactly what year, but it wasn't that long ago, was said to be $105,000 in income. And I'm assuming they're referring to annual, once annual income, at least in the United States. This study applies to the U.S. But it was an interesting, right, discovery or proposition that uh, after a certain amount, of, of money that you make every year, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be happier. But, you know, I thought about it a little more because let's face it, money is necessary in order to have a quality of life that's conducive to creating the conditions that make us feel happy. So I don't think that we could just naively say it doesn't matter. Um, But the way I see it is money is a means to an end, right? Like my mother always says, 
there must be a reason why you can't take it with you. You know, so profound, like with all these things that we accumulate in our life. At the end of the day, the absolute equalizer is we all die. Just bear with me here. (laughs) And isn't it interesting that you cannot take any of your material possessions with you? Nothing. Not even your clothes. I mean, well, technically you can, but not, not on the other side if you believe in another side. But to me, that's really fascinating. So money is a means to an end. Um, there has to be a reason, right, why you can't take it with you. And I come from a spiritual background, and I believe in God, so we could get into all of that, but that's not really what we're talking about here. So anyway, I don't necessarily think that more money means more problems for some people who think money is evil. That's a whole new conversation. It isn't. Um, I just think it depends on who you are, your values, and what you do with it. I think most of us strive for a certain level of wealth, of money, to gain time, freedom, autonomy, right? Time for loved ones, time for the things we love to do, time for other pursuits, time to just be. Uh, I want to share with you one of, um, one of the, a, a quote from uh, one of the richest men in the world, uh, man in the world, sorry, Warren Buffett. He says his financial success isn't the root of his happiness. And I quote, he says, I can't buy time, I can't buy love, but I can do anything else with money pretty much. And why do I get up every day and jump out of bed and I'm excited at 88? It's because I love what I do and I love the people I do it with. He also says that relying on money to make you happy does not work. Quote, even one million isn't going to make you happy. It's not going to happen because then your happiness will disappear when you look around and see people with two million. Such a wise man. Basically, I think what he's saying is you'll realize that someone has, you know, someone will almost always have more than you. And that can create, well, and someone always, most always, (laughs) almost always, sorry, has less than you. That's the comparison trap when you start getting in that rabbit hole. Someone has less, someone has more, right? And you can create a cycle endless of pursuits um, if you're not careful. He's also saying that even though he doesn't have to work, he does so with sheer pleasure and excitement because he loves what he does and the people he does it with. I think that's the biggest takeaway there. Loving what you do can bring you tremendous happiness, happiness, meaning, and joy. Okay, another study uh, points out that we have what's called a happiness set point, okay, like a baseline, which is determined by three things, genetics, 50% genetics, 40% thoughts and actions, and 10% external circumstances, like the social conditions, for example, that I was talking about before and the structural barriers. So if this is accurate, then what this means is we can control or directly affect at least 40% of the factors that contribute to happiness, right? Because this, this is saying 40% is determined by our thoughts and actions. And that's great news, guys. And in my experience, that is absolutely correct and true. I would not be a therapist if I didn't believe that to be true. And that's where psychotherapy can help. This is where... Um, we can help you make sense of your thoughts and help you be more intentional in creating more happiness in your life. So the other 50% that belongs to genetics, say, you know, for those with chronic mental health challenges, major depressive disorders, uh, chronic anxiety, post-traumatic stress, um, even significant life challenges, including um, life-threatening illnesses, unfortunately, like some cancers and so forth, I would argue that you may also, uh, you may still be able to positively affect the quality of your life through your thoughts, through your choices and attitude, through your mental and spiritual health. We all seem to want to know how to live, but I just, I don't think 
we spend enough time and energy knowing how to die. Okay, again, don't want to get dark there, but and that's another show. But all I want to say about that right now is that our pursuit of happiness can mislead us to think that to be happy means to not have pain or problems, right? Um, I think it's impossible to be pain-free, guys. We all have issues. That's why that's my tagline. Um, and it's part of the human condition. It's what you do with it. It's what you do with the pain. It's how you cope with it. It's how you make sense of it. One of my favorite Buddhist sayings is pain is, inevita pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. Pain is inevitable. It's part of our, our uh, it's part of the whole uh, life experience. But suffering is optional. Suffering comes with how you're perceiving it and how you're relating to your suffering. I'm going to do a whole talk on mindfulness another time, and you know we can we can uh, uh, explore that more and talk about that more. What I mean by that, and how to get out of that cycle. So, you know, I hope you all get that, right? That we can be happy and also be in pain or grief or dissatisfaction. They can all coexist at the same time. I'm going through that right now. Um, little self-disclosure, uh, one of my aunts is actually um, terminal. And I'm really, really sad and feel heavy about that every day. But, you know, because of my support systems and coping skills, I'm able to to hold that space for my 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 sadness and grief and and not have it contaminate other parts of my life. That's what I mean by, you know, coexisting with everything that's that that is in your life. I think that's one of the um the secrets to ha leaving a happy uh joyful calm rewarding life. So being happy just to this point, to bring this point home, doesn't mean um, not having any bad days or sad days or devastating days. No one's 100% happy all the time. But I do believe you can change your baseline, that set point that they're talking about, of happiness through therapy and lifestyle choices. Tr I truly, truly believe that. Life goes up and it goes down and it throws as many curveballs. Think of happiness as the music I thought about this the other day. I'm proud of this poetic analogy. Um, think of happiness as the music playing in the background of your life, where the volume gets louder or softer depending on what's happening in your life, and more importantly, depending on how you are making sense of the events in your life. We are meaning-making creatures, constantly making sense of our experience, whether we are conscious of it or not. And that's what we can help you at Transcend Therapy. We can help you understand and make sense of your thoughts, your actions, your choices. We can help you cope with your circumstances, give you hope, empower you to make the choices that are best for you, and help you feel more confident and, well, more happy. Never, underest never underestimate your own strength, power, and wisdom. And if you or someone you know is struggling with feelings of unhappiness or maybe because, you know, they're just depressed or just simply overwhelmed with life, we can help. Give us a call, 619-823-1382, 619-823-1382, or visit our website at transcendtherapyca.com, transcendtherapyca.com. Um, and you will get information there about our services, what we do, our rates, and so forth. And um, for those of you who don't know, we accept insurance, and we also provide telehealth. That's, uh, those are services provided on the phone or video sessions if you are a resident of California. And if you mention this show, Get Mental, we will give you 20% off your first session, and consultations are absolutely of no cost to you. So that's that. Um, my conclusion, based on the research, is that happiness is largely a matter of choice. There is a caveat I want to add to this, though. While I agree with that as a human being, right, that the power of choice is 100% uh, true for us. As a person, you know, as a woman, you guys don't know this about me, but I've had to overcome a lot of stuff 
poverty, abuse, trauma, um, and I'll share my story in at length another time. And as a therapist, right, I believe that. I, I, I see people transform their lives. We can choose to be happier. We can heal. We can take responsibility for our lives. But here's the caveat. We need the right supports and structures and resources to be able to do that. To go from surviving to thriving, you need not just the will and the grit and the commitment to therapy. You also need time, you need money, and you need to be stable enough and safe enough to do that. Okay, so that's the caveat. And coming into therapy can help you create some of those circumstances. And if you can't afford out-of-pocket therapy, you know, give us a call because I, we can talk to you about other resources in the community and give you referrals, okay? I also don't think that we can um, truly be happy without finding purpose and meaning in our lives. I think at the end of the day, we all want to feel significance, right? To know that our life matters to somebody and to have People, our loved ones, validate that and witness that for us. The interesting thing is, as I did more research on happiness, you know, I didn't find a whole lot on meaning and purpose, which was really surprising. And the way that scientists ended up, you know, talking about it is like potato, potato for me. Um, And they were separating happiness with meaning. And there were like a few pieces of uh, work that was saying, you know, they're all one and the same. Well, I'm from that camp. Um, I think you cannot be happy, ultimately truly happy, without a sense of purpose, meaning, and significance. All right, guys, we'll be back after a short break. Stay tuned as we continue our talk on what makes us really happy. Supporting local business isn't always convenient, but at Ortiz Market, it is. Ortiz Market has all your shopping needs right at the corner of Escondido Boulevard and 13th Avenue in Escondido. They're family-owned and operated and feature a huge selection of local beverages. And if they don't have what you're looking for, they'll order it for you. That means you can get what you want without the long lines you find at big-name supermarkets. The best part is they care about serving our community and are here to join the fight to destigmatize mental health and let people know you are not alone. Visit Ortiz Market today at the corner of Escondido Boulevard and 13th Avenue in Escondido. Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Get Mental, and today we are talking about what really makes us happy. Happiness clip times two, Tati. What makes me happy is surrounding myself with like-minded people, loving, uh, always learning, and helping other people. Wow. I I like to make their life better, and it makes me feel good about me. I like to play with my sister and play video games with my dad is Ninja Turtles. And and when I and, and I also like watching Ben 10. My favorite alien is Shot Rock. That makes me happy. It <laughs> makes me go crazy happy. Are there any people that make you happy? Well, Kant is my favorite and also my cousin Liam. Aw, thank you. I guess I should ask myself the same question. What makes me happy? Great relationships, great experiences, good food, good wine, and helping other people. Yeah. So, so cool listening to that. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, So, you know, you guys might ask, how can we cultivate happiness in our lives then? You know, how can we increase our baseline of happiness or just uh, maintain it in our lives? So the number one thing that, um, that I recommend to people in my practice, in my style of working with people, is cultivating presence. And the research also supports this. Um, you know, we're all going for this peak experience all the time, right? As my favorite teacher and author, Tara Brock, states, beautifully states it, right? But in our pursuit of such, we can tend to forgo the present moment. And why does the present moment matter? Because think about it. It is really only in the present moment that you can truly experience happiness. When, you know, when you're always, what Tara Brock says, 
on your way somewhere else and never fully arriving in this moment, you're not available. You're not available to really um, experience what is unfolding in front of you. That's what presence can do. And again, on my talk on mindfulness, we're going to unpack that a little more so you can really um, learn some practical tips on how to be more present. But if you're not available for it, you are going to miss it. And just think about your day. Just do a review of just one day in your life. How often were you present in that 24 hours? Probably very little, right? Because we're always on our way somewhere else. The next thing I have to do in this hour and at this meeting, blah, blah, blah. And there's nothing wrong with that. We all have to do that to function and to achieve and to accomplish things. But you could do that mindfully. You could do that with more presence. And actually studies show you're more effective when you are present in that meeting. You know, you could take each hour, each meeting, each each interaction, each show as it comes and be present for every single one of those things or be more present anyway. So presence can be cultivated through mindfulness practice. Um, uh, you know, the more formal way is meditation, ret- uh, going to formal retreats, but yoga can help with presence, a gentle walk where you take in your environment. Um, so it's a practice. It's not just something you do once and you got it down. You know, it's really kind of a way that we live as human beings on the planet. And it's hard to be present now, especially because of our digital world. Um, so that's why I want to dedicate a whole show on this. Secondly, Working on your relationships is a really, really beautiful and effective way to cultivate and improve happiness in your life. Did you know that good relationships are one of the biggest predictors of happiness and success? And again, the research has shown this over and over again. Feeling loved and supported and interestingly, reciprocating it back also benefits us. Um... It's the, you know, we're wired to love. We're wired for love and connection. Uh, We're social creatures. So um, an interesting study, I thought I'd share this with you. One One of the studies found that when people were exposed to a stressor in a laboratory, their heart rate and blood pressure didn't go up as much if a friend or someone they knew were in the room versus when that person was alone, right? That's really super cool, I think. And I think most of us can relate to that. We know how good it feels to feel supported, to know that someone will be there for us. There's just an instant calming uh, effect on our nervous system. So work on your relationships, guys. Take time, make the time, quality time. Socialize, hang out, be be with your loved ones. Uh, Taking a technology detox, okay, Um, or a cleanse, Um, unplugging from your phone, not having screen time for a couple of hours or even for a whole day if you're really up for the challenge. Um, I know that's hard to do, but I actually uh, advise my my clients that often, especially those who are uh, significantly triggered by social media. Just take a break, you know, try just an hour. Try, try it for a small amount of time and see how it feels. Turn it off, you know, put it on airplane mode so you don't have to look at it. Turn the phone down. It's really healthy for us. And it can also help with presence. Um, engage in activities that relax you and calm your mind. And you all know what those are for you, right? Here's another fun one. Savoring a pleasurable moment or a fun moment. Slowing it down. Allowing yourself to really enjoy it. I do this a lot with food. I love food. Um, So a delicious fruit, a savory dish, uh, a cup of coffee, a funny moment. I do this with my son too. Hug a little longer, tighter. You know, get lost in it. Get lost in a movie, a conversation. Because not only does it feel good, but science is also showing that basking in the pleasure of something extends that feeling. So cool. Um, Basic self-care, healthy diet, adequate sleep, and exercise. Pretty self-explanatory, that one. This one, you know, I'm 100% a proponent of it. Psychotherapy or some form of mental health treatment. 
I cannot stress that enough, guys, especially if you have unresolved issues, stuff from the past, abuse, trauma, you're going through some grief, a divorce, uh, a death of a loved one or pet, um, or you're just currently experiencing a lot of stressors in your life. We can help. And sometimes a third party who has no agenda other than to help you make sense of what's happening to you can be really, really, really effective. If you've never done it before, give it a try. For those of you who've had success in therapy, you know exactly what I'm talking about. For those of you who've had um, not such a great experience in therapy, don't give up. It takes time to find the right therapist. Um, You know, you do have to find somebody who's a good match. But therapy can be a great way to lighten your load and give you a healthier perspective on things. And, you know, I really believe that as humans, feeling heard and validated is one of the most powerful and healing experiences we can all have. And that contributes to our overall feeling of uh, feelings of wellness and happiness. So give us a call or email us, transcendtherapy at gmail.com if you'd like some support. The other thing you can do is self-care, finding time for yourself, whatever, however small that, that can be for you, even if it's just 30 minutes. Sometimes I, I do that. I just tell my, my, uh, my family, like, you know, I need a little downtime. I'm just going to go, you know, in the yard for 30 minutes. Um, is it okay if I don't get interrupted? And I just meditate. So, or enjoy nature, whatever that is. Um, uh, massage is a good one. Reading a book, cooking, gardening, playing the guitar, playing sports, surfing. Make the time. That's the point. Make the time because it's not just going to happen. And just like you make time for everything else in your life, and you know, a lot. Of what I see a lot in my practice is people. The more stressed out they are, the more they say, "I don't have time. I don't have time for self care." Well, guess what? Yes, you do, because you have time for all those other things. You have time for self-care. You're just not choosing it. And it doesn't have to be expensive or a whole day. You know, in fact, it's those incremental uh, moments of self-care that will sustain you, that will keep you going um, and and actually more productive and effective. The other thing um, that the research um, has found, and, you know, a lot of people may already know this, is that volunteering and being of service to others is one of the, the best ways you can uh, improve your sense of well-being. And this, is, this one's a favorite of mine. I do what I do for that reason. Um, and, you know, the other thing they found is the, the, the impact on us is even better when we do things for people we know, you know. So that's, I thought that was really cool. Um, practice being more grateful. That's another, sounds kind of foo-foo and esoteric, but it's actually known to be really effective. And again, there's a lot of research now to support that. Uh, being more grateful. Research shows that it improves our sense of wellness. And, you know, I believe it also helps us recognize and be present with what is good in our life, right? When you're always focused on what's wrong, what you don't have, what's not happening in your life, then, you know, you're really looking at your life as half empty. What we focus on is what gets bigger in our lives. So if you have a more grateful uh, disposition, and you can cultivate that, by the way, um, it can change the way you relate to the things and the people in your life. Um, And it can really boost your mood. Um, One of the things I suggest to my clients is to acknowledge either in writing or mentally five things that you can be grateful for in in that day for 30 days, okay? Five things you can be grateful for every day for 30 days. Try it. It can be fun, rewarding, and really surprising and a powerful experience. I do it sometimes. Um, we're social creatures. We're wired to give. We're wired to love, like I said before. So hopefully that gives you some helpful and practical tips to increase the happiness level and well-being in your life. Um, Now what I want to do is share what people posted on Facebook. 
when I ask them what makes them happy. And we got a really great response, by the way. So thank you, everybody, for answering the question and uh, sharing this. You're helping the world. Um, here's what we, we uh, here's our some of the things, yeah. here are some of the things that people said. My f- uh, family was on uh, the top of the list. Um, loved ones, the simple pleasures of life, when people are not in pain or discomfort, pets, Bike riding, somebody I know said that. Bike riding with no plans or agenda. <laughs> Tari, hoo The state of being carefree, right, is what I take that to really mean. Um, nature, being worry-free, music, achieving things, productivity, and learning. Um, and I must agree with all of that. All of that makes me happy, too. Um, but again, I think it's really interesting that the majority of the folks who participated identified family and loved ones as their primary source of happiness and uh, helping others was, I think, the top two when I did a little tally. So, you know, it validates my personal belief that all roads lead to love. We all just want to be loved, everyone. And we all just want significance. So... That's that. Okay, some other fun facts about happiness. Um, Did you know that the jobs or occupation you choose can greatly impact your happiness? Those uh, who are found to be happiest in their profession, I'll just give you the top five, were clergy, um, which ties into the last point I made about service, volunteerism, and being wired to give in love. Um, so clergymen and women were uh, apparently the happiest as far as job satisfaction and well-being. Number two was surprising, firefighters, you know? Um, I did not expect that, but I can see why that would be uh, rewarding um, for them. Uh, architects, and then actors and directors, and then pilots. And actually, I think number six was police officers. Where are we in that picture? I don't know. I mean, I guess we're not that happy. No, I'm kidding. I'm very, 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 very happy (laughs) doing what I do. Um, uh, The least happy in this particular study were gas station attendants. I can see why. Followed by roofers, then molding machine workers, then construction workers. So a lot of blue-collar jobs. Uh, most people are happier when employed, which is no surprise, um, which, you know, I think might relate to what I believe is our need for meaning, purpose, and significance. Um, married people seem to be happier than singles, and this has been uh, a known fact. Um, many studies have consistently shown this over time. Happiness levels are less clear for those married with children, but, and I can, I can relate to that, but, you know, it seems parents tend to report, still tend to report feeling that their life has more meaning and purpose uh, when they have children. And I would suspect probably same goes for uh, a lot of the pet owners that I know. And here's a really interesting one. Those who go to church nearly every week or more have apparently been a group that has been found to be happier consistently for over a few decades now. Isn't that interesting, Todd? Very interesting. Yeah, people who go to church or have a, it, this one says church. It doesn't, across faiths, the study says. Um, I'm not really sure if, you know, um, spirituality or uh, meditation uh, was part of that, but I thought that was really interesting. And here's another one. This one made my jaw drop. You're, you're not going to believe this, Todd. Um as far as politi- political affiliation goes, or maybe you will, I'm not sure. Republicans, particularly extreme conservatives, I'm quoting the study here, have the happiness edge. I'm surprised. Right, me too. Probably to be kind of equal. Yes, and this study was published by Time Magazine, but the original source was from the National Opinion Research at the University of Chicago. So, uh, yeah, the, 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 of the people that they studied, Republicans were the happiest, then independents, then Democrats. 
Oh, that's very interesting. It <laughs> may have something to do with also earlier you talked about wealth. Maybe. Maybe wealth. I think sometimes. And uh, spirituality. I'd like the. Um, a little bit more. Uh, the, maybe the religion, the faith, because they're saying, you know, oh, yeah. going to church. That's how I'm tying it. But I just, I did not expect that. I didn't even expect them to measure happiness based on politics. So that was really cool. Um, they also looked at age and they found that people 65 and over were the happiest in the group. That that makes sense to me, right? There's a way to age gracefully, guys. Because they're retired. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, and the least happy folks, I hate to break this to you guys, my millennials, were between ages 18 and 34. Because, <laughs> you know, you're just, you're figuring out so much and you're, it's a stressful time. I remember, God, I'm so much happier now and so much more comfortable in my skin. There's just so much stuff to sort through at that at that stage of your life. So especially now with social media, I think it's got made it a lot more. It made growing up and maturing a lot more complicated. So that's that. Isn't that like interesting? Super cool. So now we have reached my favorite part of the show, Inspiration Corner. I don't know. This beat always gets me. <laughs> I'm a music person, so bear with me. And again, shout out to my nephew, Take Tech Music Productions, for uh, providing music for us. Um, okay. So everyone... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, a part of the show where we showcase, for those of you new to the show, uh, true stories of real people who have come to Transcend Therapy for support. So these are not things I, I just kind of pull out of thin air. The person I have in my mind is a female client of mine in her 40s, probably mid-40s, mother of two, married, has a great, wonderful social support system overall, she really has a great, wonderful life. And the reason she came to therapy is because of her debilitating panic, dis panic disorder and anxiety disorder. Um, and when we first started working together, I have to admit, her symptoms were pretty chronic and severe. And I was a little concerned that we might have to um, apply for disability if... Uh, or she would meet criteria for disability if we did not get her better soon because she was really declining in functioning. Um, and it was really impaired. You know, she her world started getting really small um, to the point where she stopped driving a car, being in a car, even if though she was a passenger, was very, very difficult for her. She became 100% dependent on her husband and loved ones to take her places. She could not pursue other things like a job or be as available as she would like um, for her children even. Everything revolved around avoiding any triggers that she believes would cause anxiety or a panic attack. Okay. Not being able to drive or leave your house is seriously limiting, guys. She won't get in an Uber either or a cab because of just the nature of her anxiety. Well, fast forward today, after coming to therapy twice a week consistently over a year for over a year now, I'm happy to report that she has started to drive again. And honestly, what's really cool is just yesterday, she texted me a, a picture of herself with her daughter um, outside of Target, and they were beaming with smiles, and it just brought a little tear to my eye because we've been working on her driving to Target for like six to eight months. I mean, she started driving to other places, but Target like was one of those really high anxiety, high anxiety producing routes for her because of how she had to get there and so forth, um, and the the amount of triggers she has to overcome to get to Target. And when she sent me that picture, I'm like. I can I I can't explain to you how rewarding that feels to me as a therapist but also just as as a mother for her to have that moment with her child and how happy they both uh looked. So um you know she's not quite at the level yet where she would like to uh where she would like to be and where I would like to see her but definitely she continues to show continuous improvement. 
Um, she's now also doing work that she absolutely loves. She's an art teacher. And when we first started, that was just a thought for her. Like that was kind of a, it almost seemed like this fantasy that that could never happen. And throughout our work together and, you know, credit to her and her commitment, like I said, she is now actually living that life. She's working, doing that. Um, and she's also, she's just happier. Okay. Um, so she's an inspiration because she never lost sight of her potential, her dreams, what made her happy, art, and who made her happy, loved ones. These were the motivating factors for her transformation. She wanted to be happier. And you know what, guys, by the way, most of the time when I'm working with people, especially in the first couple of sessions, we always talk about like, what would you like to get out of therapy? What are your goals? I mean, everyone wants to be happier. We all want to be happier. That's why they're there. That's why we do what we do, right? That's why we pursue what we pursue. So anyway, just wanted to make that point. Um, she knew intellectually that she had the, um, what, what most would consider a really great life. Um, but she knew that there was a huge disconnect between what her life actually was and how she was feeling inside. And she acknowledged that her anxiety had gone out of control and she committed to therapy because she knew that, or at least she had that little, little, uh, part of her that believed she could be happier. She wanted more meaning and joy. And now she's pretty much there. Driving may still be a challenge, but she's definitely on track for baseline driving. She's so close. And um, I believe that, you know, she's going to continue to get better and better. She has a newfound confidence and self-efficacy, which is just really wonderful to witness. Efficacy, by the way, um, self-efficacy is the belief that you can do it, that you can achieve your goals, just in case you guys didn't know that. So the other thing why I wanted to feature her is because she practiced, she all, she already practices many of the tips I discussed earlier on how to be uh, happier. She um, does a lot of those things, volunteer, service, grateful, laughs a lot, you know, works on her relationships. She's really good at managing her relationships and taking time for that. Um, so that's that. Our sessions have gone from, I kid you not, a whole lot of crying, lots and lots of crying and fear and just kind of this terror that she would have about her life. Can she make it? Can she do it? Um, to really now more laughter. The quality of her problems in session have changed dramatically. Uh, we're now talking about how to problem solve some of her issues with coworkers at school and all the politics there. Like it's just such a completely different person and conversation. There's also more laughter, sense of pride and joy. So she has shown incredible, incredible growth and progress. Um, this guys is the power and gift of therapy. You can truly feel good and happy from the inside out. And we can help you. The thing is, this is totally attainable, a lot of these things. There's many, many uh, effective treatments out there. We can help you be more intentional in how you want your life to be. We can help you feel happier. So call us or email us if you want support or need more information. Again, our phone number is 619-823-1382. And our website is transcendtherapyca.com, transcendtherapyca.com. Um, for more information on, on um, what we do, just go there and our fees and so forth. But also, if you have any questions about uh, uh, what we talk about here or future topics you'd like for us to cover, or more importantly, or equally important, if you'd like to make a donation or become a sponsor and join us in the fight against mental health, um, just email us and or uh, go to our website, and we will, we will, you will, you will get everything you need from there. Okay. Final thoughts, because I think we have to wrap up here. Is basically, I think happiness ultimately means being able to coexist with everything that is going on in your life, with all that is here in your life, as it is. 
the good and the bad. So I hope you enjoyed our show today. Thanks for being with us this hour. You're listening to Get Mental. And um, my name is Cecile Ahrens, for those of you who don't know, owner of Transcend Therapy. Like I always say, be well and be gentle. Get mental because we all had issues. Thank you so much, guys. Until next time. Just fine